to the sweet sounds of Wilco. I bring you the Brock Lurie Podcast. My name's Ari David. I'm the producer. And here's Brock Lurie. Hey, everyone. How are you? And his wisdom and wit. Oh, Good looks. Please. Oh, gosh. I got a a fine new husband smell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got a a face for podcasts. Is that a radio show going on? Yeah, it's a radio show going on. We have a guest today. His name. (laughs) Scare him off. Now you see how uh, interesting things can be. We have, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, today, it's really interesting. I, I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, marketing and the one of the, the really kind of interesting dangers out there. And I'm wondering what you think about this. You know, let's say you enter into a contract, uh, I don't know, to buy a bunch of flowers for a party that you have. Okay. And by the way, this did not actually happen. I'm just I was going to say, what happened to the flowers no, at the party? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing happened. But but you arrange and, and the florists are supposed to be there and they didn't get there on time and it's really lousy and and they they produce uh, really wilted flowers eventually and and they still demand the full amount and they don't say apologize for it and not only that but the flowers smell in such a way that it turns off the guests you get the idea it's really bad stuff and you, you know so now you're in a pickle with the this, the florists and now you're the florist company as well and you know what one weapon. Let's face it, one weapon that the consumer has is to uh, speak negatively on the web, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old days... That and pay the entire bill in pennies. In pe- yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's the <laughs> Unrolled. Worst. Unrolled, yeah. Here you go. I guarantee you it's legal tender. Uh, but he- here's the thing. I mean, you... So th- th- in, that's, in that example, you almost can say, well, the florist in that example deserved it, Right. Not that he deserves it necessarily, but he, you know, all of a sudden he's broadcasting to the entire world about how bad a florist that person was. And a florist can respond if he wants to, but it's really difficult at that point. Well, it's not exactly the way. Well, that's that's standing on the corner screaming out, I did not beat my wife or I'm not a whore. That's Uh, exactly right. You know, it doesn't work. It's very rare to have a forum where, you know, somebody can make a point and uh, you, you have the right to make a counterpoint. In the same forum, that's very rare. Typically, what happens, unfortunately, is that now, now they Google you and uh, as a as a florist, and and the uh, they're very unhappy with uh, everything about it. So, what do you do? It's a it's a reality there. This is true for all professions, and not even professions. They could be uh, landscapers. They could be uh, a gardener. Uh, anything about a milliner. You don't see many milliners right. these yes. days. Yes, that's true. Or a nice man, for example. Uh, so that's th- these are issues that we now have to face. Uh, in the old days, what would happen if you had somebody? Um, if you had somebody in the old days uh, that you you were not happy with, uh, you might complain to his professional association at at best. That's really kind of your are you talking in this in this. Uh, um, order of events after you've exhausted the option of talking directly to the person trying to either make remedy or get discount. Right, or, right, right. Uh, what I'm saying at is, a point where the transaction's complete. And, yeah, the transaction's yeah. complete and everything else. Or they pers- they're, they're pissed off for whatever reason. Maybe maybe you did a great job for them, but this particular client or customer, as the case may be, is just such an ordinary person. You can never please them. Um, and there are such people. All of us know it. Um, you know, you have clients, uh, Ari, that, that I'm sure are more difficult than others. Not my clients. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I have clients that uh, are more pleasant than others and so on. 
Um, certainly dentists, certainly doctors, certainly um, architects. You get the idea. Um, and you have this weapon. Uh, the consumer has a, a weapon, and it's maybe too powerful a weapon. Let me explain why it's too powerful. The reality is, and the, the law is just catching up to this. In the old days, if you wrote in a newspaper saying, you know, Ari David, uh, you know, failed to deliver the goods on time, and he did something really terrible. Um, you, Ari David, could write back and say, you can speak your peace of mind in the newspaper. Uh, and if you didn't feel that that was enough, you felt there was too much damage associated with uh, what they said about you, you could um, sue him for defamation. And then you would have to prove, first of all, that it's not true and that it, that it there are a bunch of things. It's, there were a couple of burdens uh, that made it difficult for you to do it, but still you could do it. Well, the law now, with regard to the web, is that when you say something negative about somebody on the web, it's almost impossible to actually have an actionable def uh, defamation claim against that person. Almost impossible. Um, and the reason for that is that the web is deemed a proper form to kind of vent your, vent your uh, stuff about a particular person. But think about it. I mean, the web is very powerful. It's, uh, if somebody, and the reason why it's powerful is if somebody's looking you up, Ari David, they're typing in your name in Google or... You're not going to look me up, right? Yes, let's look it up right now. No, let's not do that. Uh, but that, that, person, <laughs> that person is interested in you and finding out about you. For whatever reason, is interested in Ari David to find out about him. And then he sees this, this thing where you screw the florist uh, out of a lot of money. Okay. Uh, and then you say, oh, okay, well, or the floor screw, whatever it is. They now have this, this track, this record of, about you. This guy was interested about you, and this person communicated about you. So that is an exception to the defamation law, as long as it's not malicious. It has to be not malicious. That's the main standard. It has to be, of course, not true. So you can, you can say anything, no matter how malicious you are about it, you can say almost anything about, about somebody so long as it's true, right? Um, uh, so that, that, that's, that's the, the new frontier, and it's a very scary thing. People don't realize how much power they have. Well, can we separate the discussion between marketplace issues like the example of the florist mm -hmm. and uh, truly defamatory thing where you're, say, um, where you talk about um, a girl you went on a bad date with or something. Right. Is there, I think there is a slight difference. And I think this is kind of the balance that we're dealing with where in the case of areas of commerce, it's really a huge positive, which is this. Uh, it's not profits that, that motivate or incentivize a business or an individual working as much as the danger of loss does or the speculation or speculative expectation of loss. So in a way, it actually causes people engaged in business to really have their game up to a much higher level, considering that it's a much more competitive world. And competition in all areas of different industries inevitably leads to excellence. So if there's there two points uh, uh, that I want to make on this, which is, number one, the heavy competition including the competition for good write-ups, reviews, etc., will lead one hopefully to do higher quality work and not engage in what the, exam the hypothetical florist that you engaged in. And we both know that florist. Oh, okay. boy. Uh, and then the other thing is, See although it is kind of like a, the equivalent of a nuclear weapon on a, an artillery field, which is overkill, one can mm -hmm. rack up a large number of positive 
uh, information, anecdotal information right. expressions that can be used to counter such a thing. That's true, and and that's that is your counter weapon uh, for whoever whoever it is. But this is what I'm trying to say is that this is the battlefield now, and people need to understand that they're in this battle all the time. Look, do you know a lot of friends? Uh, do you have? I don't friends? have friends. Oh, okay, no. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Those, those are friends you pay off. I have bad group personal uh, hygiene <laughs> habits. That, that takes care of the friend issue. And that's why I wore the podcast. <laughs> right. And, I, and my, my nose sense of smell is completely gone. So Actually, we're, we in work, different, we we're, we're in different rooms. That's right. Yeah. We work out perfectly together. Yeah. The, the point is that you, you have a lot of people that you know, let's put it this way, if, not, if they're not your friends, that um, are not uh, on the grid, so to speak. They are, you can't find them. If you were to find this old friend from high school, let's say, old uh, whatever, and by golly, he's not there. She's not there. Um, why? Uh, because they have done whatever they could to not be on the grid. They don't want to be on the grid. Well, two, two actually options. One, they might have died yes, before the advent of this technology. Right. And there were a couple of people from my high school years who uh, that happened to. and. Right. Rightly so. They're just they don't yeah, have that yeah, kind of. But we're reference. young enough that not but, too many people have died in our age. Right, not too many. And and but but it actually took more work for those who are not on this information grid to stay off of it than those who uh, wound up sort of as incidental right. identifiers. On. Well, look, there are many times. Uh, you know, I belong to this or that organization. I know you do too, Ari. I, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm on a lot of pro-Israel groups, for example. Uh, the, the board of a couple of groups, and I like to frequent other uh, events. And people take pictures, and they'll ask me my name, for example. And they'll say, uh, and then the next thing you know, it's on the internet, and it says, you know, John Smith with Barack Lurie and Jane Doe uh, at the recent fundraiser for Jewish National Fund. Okay, great. And surprise, that's going to be, when somebody Googles me, it's going to be on there. So you have to take pretty aggressive steps to scrub your name uh, from these websites. And yet people do it. Yeah, and, but you're you're a slightly different case, and I am in a way too because we are, if you will, quasi, if not full, public figures. You with, mm -hmm. the, you know, the the law firm that is a right. sort of a high profile business right. compared to other businesses. The fact you advertise on on major media, uh, right. the fact you have a strong social media presence built by certain people who we right. both know, uh, the fact that. Uh, I ran for Congress. These are public actions that we took affirmatively in our lives, right. knowing that this them, would yeah, right. But the the point I make sphere. about the the pictures thing for you is so when someone is in an event and Barack Lurie is speaking, uh, and they get to have their picture taken with him before or after the speech or at the uh, meet and greet or whatever, it's a big moment in their lives. They right. are uh, you know they don't know it's bigger than you know meeting Bruce Springsteen or Tom Cruise. They will someday, but it's it's at a slightly different level than just some dude attending right. or some guy giving a, a little talk at a um, uh, you know type of event. Right, I, I, I'm with you 100 percent on that. But, but here's so right. I guess I want to move on to the next area, which is related to to the big thing. We. Right now, well, let, let me put it this way. When you when emails first kind of came on the scene, at least from a from a truly commercial point of view, like AOL, I'm talking about Prodigy, I'm talking about AOL. When AOL was on the scene, that's really kind of when everyone kind of began to have their own email address. Some some people a little bit before, some people a little bit after, but basically AOL was kind of the 
the one that yeah, proliferated. consumer level email rather than inner right. office professional level Ex private email. Exactly. Um, when that came out, remember how excited you were to turn on your computer and you get these emails. They even had a commercial AOL said, oh, when I get an email, it's like the best thing. I remember this one. Right. Just you like, got mail. Yeah, you got mail. It's, it's really better than a phone call from a hot girl. That's right. You are somebody. It was. It was. People very care about you. That's right. <laughs> right. So that's exactly what it was about. Yeah. They, it, it made them feel alive. And um, now, fast forward to what? Another twenty? Uh, yeah, almost twenty years. Yeah. Uh, let's say seventeen years. Well, or, so, well, yeah. Yeah. So fast forward to seventeen years, and I don't know about you, but I just can't stand looking at my emails. I just can't stand it. I, it's like, oh, what is my email going to say now? What, uh, what, what rush do I have to take care of all of a sudden now? I don't look forward to the emails uh, unless it's a response, uh, you know, to, you know, and, and most of my stuff is work-related. Um, so You just got a million-dollar case settled right. or something. And that's to yeah. say nothing of all the junk mail you have to filter through because they figured it out that, I mean, it was not hard to figure out that people like emails, so why not get to them through email? And so you're spending a good deal of time, no matter how much, how well you filter your emails. You're going to you have to filter out the spam, filter out the other emails that you don't want to see, uh, and even the emails that you're on the email list for, you still don't want to see them because you got, frankly, you got other more important things to do. And so you you focus on the more important emails, and that's all work. And who wants to do work? And once in a blue moon, you'll get a cute picture from your granddaughter, or grandson, or your you want that you want to send, or, or your child. That's it. And it's so I bring this up because the whole internet itself has gone through that evolution as well, and it will continue to go through that evolution. Look, remember what I just said about soon people will discover that the, the battlefield is the internet, that you can make or break somebody by way of what you say about them on the internet. I've seen people destroyed by one comment on the internet, uh, and because that's the Google search will pick it up. Uh, if TM, TMZ, for example, is vicious in this department, they will. If they want to get somebody, they'll, they'll get you. And um, if you get on their bad side, boom, you're done. And good luck ever getting that off of your Google search pages. And they could try to talk to Google, and they won't, they won't help you. Well, is, is so, the issue you're getting at that these tools exist that are dangerous or have this yeah, that, reputational danger or the fact that there are people out there uh, not impugning TMZ because, you know, we have to prove defamation. That's about, right. Right. But there are organizations or out Gawker, there that Gawker, Gawker, Gawker whatever, that's what I meant, whichever one it is. Uh, because, you know, there's there's something about the voyeuristic celebrity industry. But it's, it's leaving very that aside, But the fact is that there are people out there who wish to use these things for malfeasance or in, in evil, uh, I should say, in um, uh, mischievous, if not evil ways to cause harm. Rather than well, but here's themselves. the problem. Here's the problem. It's too easy. It's too easy. If you wanted to, in the old days, if you wanted to speak your mind about somebody, uh, then you would have to maybe take out an ad or a, a, a certain or write segment. a stunningly brilliant yeah. column, and then hope that the editor yeah. will agree to, to take it on, or write a letter to the editor, and maybe somebody will read it. Maybe they won't, but still, you you have to do a bunch of stuff. You have to write it down. You have to write it down well enough for somebody to publish it. You have to go to the publisher. You have to mail it. Put a stamp on it. You get the idea. Now you, you press a button and your diatribe is, is on the web forever. Yeah, I've, I find and it... Anyone can pick it up. Yeah, I find it just so ironic and horrifying that as mankind has the ability for demo, the democratization of mass powerful communications, 
to to express one's ability to be eloquent the qual- the the number of people who possess such eloquence has dropped exponentially oh, by the yeah, you know right. we're not dealing with James Madison here you know that's right i, I from, from a putting aside amazon and ebay and other kind of like functionality sites like that paypal and what what have you um does and, does Brock Laurie want to ban the internet? Is no. that what this is about? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> from from a content, from a communication point of view, the internet is. I wonder whether the the internet is being used much more for negative uh, comments versus positive comments. I just, I wonder. Well, it, it, let's just be frank about something. And I know this is a family podcast. The internet is mostly used for adult entertainment. And, yes. And, yes, you know, it, it, like any other form of information, it can be used positively or negatively for such. That's right. And, and you know what? Thank God it is because as people are distracted by this, mm-hmm. you know, self-indulgence, let's call it. Right. Perhaps there are all these negative things they're not doing with this technology because they're indulging this other thing that may be morally reprehensible right. for some people or looked on as, you know, uh, well, but, a but, personal choice for others. But here, here, but here's where I'm going. It, uh, it's kind of, a quick point is, it's yeah. kind of like sending a kid to a real left-wing college right. and you find out they spent all four years in a drunken haze. Right. And then they graduate and you're like, how, how did you spend your, your whole time there drunk? Blah, 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 blah. How bad that was. And then you realize, thank God he thank was God. because he didn't get indoctrinated. Right. You know? Right, right. <laughs> Oh, and that's that's actually where I'm going with the, with this because right now we're in the kind of not the mature phase of the web yet. We're still in the growing f- phase of it, where people, be, I think you'll begin to discover a lot more of these cases, not just law cases, but otherwise, where people are just vicious on the on the internet. They'll, you know, somebody with a, 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 a what's it, a chip to grind or a chip on a shoulder or an axe to grind, grind. Yeah, an axe yeah. to grind or a chip on a shoulder, and he's lonely. He can become very powerful. He's got power now. Because the web is out there as a tool, and he can say whatever he wants about somebody, and you're stuck with it. Um, and that's that's a horrible thing, you know. Well, for, for, for honest people who want right. to do what they're doing, hang on. Uh, and at some point, the and when it gets to the mature phase, and I'm, you know, the internet, it's going to be a bunch of noise. At some point, right? Because It'll all gonna, be annoyance. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be people say nasty things about you, decent things about you, nasty. Yeah. It's going to be. Very unreliable, the, the the web because there's going to be too much information. It'll be diluted in yeah. such a way, which may or may not be a good thing. I don't know. Um, speaking about dilution, you, and you talked about pornography. No, adult entertainment. Uh, speaking about adult <laughs> en- entertainment, you alluded to pornography. But about that, this is almost identical. In the old days, in the '70s and '60s, when pornography was kind of allowed. Uh, from a First Amendment point of view. So it actually became an industry. You mean Swedish movies. Swedish movies, yeah. <laughs> but they were actually allowed to be seen and such like that. Well, there were only, you know, there was no videos. There was no DVDs. There was no internet, right? There was only movies in the theaters. So, and it was hard to produce a movie. So basically you had only a few famous porn stars. Usually the women. Were Not that I know who they were. Not that I know. Well, you know, Marilyn Chambers. And John sure. Holmes. Who, oh, that's right. John Holmes. Who in respect. Who yeah. But, but Marilyn Chambers, she was famous in the 70s. Yeah, and, Linda Lovelace, Seca. Right. You get the idea. Not that we know these people. But, or of them. But, but this is important that we do know them. Yeah. Because there were only three or four of them that we, could, that we can name at least. I'm sure there were a couple more. But that's not important. The point is that you can at least name some of them. 
Uh, and then, of course, the video came out. Video was a great boon for the porn industry because you could see it in the privacy of your home. You could buy it relatively it intimate. It made the, the, the viewing experience intimate yeah. rather than a public. Right. And then even more so with DVDs and, and, of course, much more so with the Internet. And then couple that with the fact that people can make their own videos so easy, easily, with their with their gosh darn phones for crying out loud. I mean, and high quality videos. Not that you know. No, but they can't. But it's obvious, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, it's uh, it, so 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 a couple uh, you know gets a little drunk, or whatever. They decide they're gonna they're gonna upload a video of them having sex. Okay, and and but you know the thing is they want people to see it. They they're not even they're not even trying to make money on this anymore. They just think it's cool to see how many hits they get. Because there's a register that'll tell you how many hits they get, right? I suppose, and 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 this is the kind of culture we live in, where now it's so diluted. I mean, literally, you could have millions of women who are equally attractive and equally interested in porn, and uh, as as Marilyn Chambers was, and uh, uh, no one no one would notice it. You could have your your own daughter, uh, you know, who's, uh, you know, she could, she could be on, in the, you know, she's 18, I'm not talking your daughter, but the, the hypothetical daughter who's 18, 19 years old, she decides that she's just going to have some fun and, and do this porn thing with her boyfriend, upload it onto the internet, and guess what? Nobody would know. Nobody would see on the street and say, oh, I just saw you on the internet. Yeah, years ago, I heard right? this term. Millions and millions. Yeah. If not billions, I don't know, of uh, porn clips are out there. Right. I heard this term years ago. It's called narrow casting as opposed to broadcasting. Yeah. And similar to those stars of the 70s you right. named, that's essentially broadcasting. Right. The few luminaries in the industry, everyone knows them who is aware of that industry. Right. And as this thing gets be diluted where everyone has their channel, everyone has their uh, way into the marketplace for this stuff, the number of people who the content is viewable for or appropriate for drops. Right. You know, That's right. And That's right. to the point where essentially someone, once a futurist once wrote an article about this thing, said, well, someday we'll reach a point where every person will broadcast just for one other person out right. there. And that's the only person you'll know about, and that's it. That's and right. In a way, it's uh, an interesting possibility. Well, anyway, this was the uh, Barack Lurie podcast. Thank you, And uh, thank you very much, Barack, and we'll right. see you guys next week.